What's up, people? Another episode of Justice Sports. I'm OK Davis here with you. We're going to talk some NBA playoffs. But I will focus a little bit more just on the playing tournament as it begins in earnest before the NBA playoffs starts. You know, you got to just say play-in tournament. We'll also talk some Major League Baseball, my observations after one week, and Tampa Bay, that's the big story. Are they for real? And National Football League, as we await to see what happens with uh, the potential new ownership group for the Washington Commanders, and not far up up 95, uh, the Ravens try to do a little something that may entice Lamar Jackson. I don't know if it will work. But we'll first start with the Masters. It was a rom-com, as I like to say, as John Rom won it all. And it was probably the most intriguing Masters to watch for me as a, how would I say, casual golf spectator. Um, I don't watch it often or all the time. But I watch the big matches, if you will, the big games, if you will. And especially with Live Golf, this was one of the first times that I was curious what would happen. And I will say that the Masters did not disappoint. Um. I can only imagine how, and I know this isn't a PGA Tour event, but I can only imagine how the PGA Tour and the Masters um, folks as well were worried because, you know, all of the hatred and vitriol for the Live Golf Tour was probably the, when you have Brooks Kepka with the lead that that he had, the worst case scenario was a live golf tour player winning the Masters. And I think the fact that they let the live golf tour players participate in the tournament was, in my mind, one of the best things that they can do, and I hope that they don't stop. Because I I feel that it's in some ways unwarranted. And the reason why I say it's unwarranted is very simple. We'll take their oil, but we can't take their golf tournament. And I find that to be really ridiculous. It just simply, to me, doesn't make any sense how we could be this upset with a golf tour, but you, Europe, U.S., all countries that will accept their oil to keep our cars moving, et cetera, et cetera, but we can't accept a golf tour. We can watch Formula One races there, and it's not a big deal, but we can't take a golf tour. 
We can take a golf tour that's not a that's just a tournament and not competing with the PGA Tour or the European Tour. But we can't take a full league. To me, it's total hypocrisy. And it's simply ridiculous. Simply ridiculous. So to see not just Brooks Kepka almost win it all, but also the fact that Phil Mickelson, who probably took most of the heat for the live tour, to basically end up in second place, two of the top three finishers were from live golf, four of the top seven. I mean, that, that was quite an accomplishment, to say the least. Patrick Reed and Cameron Young were also in the top seven. So for all of the talk of, oh, well, if they went to live golf, they're not playing enough rounds. It's not as competitive. In my mind, I feel like we can just throw that out the window. It just simply doesn't matter. And to me, it made for a better tournament. It was probably... Um, the most, one of the most watched masters because of that, I think. And even with the weather, I think it was so wild to be watching the masters at eight, nine in the morning on Sunday because they had to suspend the round on Monday. And then to turn around and play the final round Sunday afternoon was just, it's a great day of golf on Sunday. It was a great day of golf on Sunday. And of course, you know, there's talk about the ruling across the pond that the European tour um, is able to find live golf tour players. And I imagine that that will be appealed. But again, I just think that they're being very sanctimonious to say, oh, we're doing it because of Saudi Arabia's human rights issues. I mean, yes, there are several countries that are, you could say, are doing better as it relates to human rights. But there are some pretty big ones that you can say are not. And we are willingly going over there to these countries and accepting their goods. I just realistically think that, again, it's just a bit much to be going after a golf tour like this. It's golf. It's golf. And if you really care about changing human rights, then it should be a little bit bigger than this is where you fight back is with a golf tour. This doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. But it did make sense that I could understand why I was more interested in the Masters this year. I was curious how the live golfers would do. 
And for John Rahm to win it, the fourth Spaniard, I believe, although he's basically been playing over here and played in college in America, um, you know, it was a big win. And the way that he came back, the way that he made his late charge on Sunday to win it, my question is, did he win it or did Brooks Kepka lose it? And in my mind, I think Brooks Kepka lost it. Now, granted, if everything played out normal, he might have lost it anyway. But the fact that at one point, I believe, if I remember correctly, he had a five-stroke lead on Saturday. And when play was suspended and then he had to wake up early in the morning to play again, I felt like that was not good for Brooks Kepka. And in the end, it's what happened. He lost it. He lost it. And John Rahm won. It was a rom-com. Everyone was falling in love with John. And maybe part of that was because they didn't want the Live Golf Tour players to win it. But you think about the odds. I mean, actually, I mean, shoot. Should have taken the odds on Phil Mickelson to to end in the top five. That was probably ridiculous. I feel like every big tournament now, you could almost should just take a flyer on Phil Mickelson because he's got something to prove. He's got something to prove. Another team that's got something to prove as we shift to the National Basketball Association. Are the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I will say the sad thing is when you think about the uh, last day of the regular season, um, it was sad to see that there was fighting, infighting on teams. You know, maybe the stress of the season really got to the players. But you didn't, you certainly didn't like to see that. To see uh, Rudy Gobert fighting his teammate, Kyle Landerson. And now Rudy Gobert is really potentially done. And I wonder if he's done in Minnesota, period. Because the fact that the Timberwolves suspended him for the play-in tournament. Like, this is your only chance to get into the playoffs. And I'm not saying they should have disregarded what he did, but he, you think about Rudy Gobert, cost the league with COVID, right? He was the first player that got COVID. Remember, he licked the mics. No, I'm not trying to make a comparison between the two, but this is what? Playoffs in 2023, that was playoffs in 2020. In three years, he's really affected a team's playoffs in a very negative way. And now here we are again. I mean, that one, he affected kind of the league with COVID. 
And he wasn't the only one again, but just he became the poster child of what of COVID, of the COVID season. And I know this is different, but like you would have thought that as a veteran, he would have had a cooler head to not push his teammate in the chest. Some may say punch, all right, kind of punch, half punch, half push. And I think that they're done. I think that they're done. And then the other fight was between Mason Plumley and Bones Highland at the end of the season. Now, in my mind, I know that um, that may not seem like that big of a deal, if you will, but I think it is. And it's unfortunate, but I think it's not a good look for the Clippers. I don't. So because it's the play-in tournament, and it's technically in my mind, I will always say, hey, look, it's the beginning of the uh, playoffs. I am going to make a prediction for the playoffs in general, but I do like this play-in tournament. And I think the team that you need to be worried about most in the Western Conference is the Los Angeles Lakers. I think that the Los Angeles Lakers, in my mind, will easily, easily beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. I just talked about what the Timberwolves are dealing with. The Lakers have been on a tear to end the regular season, to get into the playoffs. And I believe that they are a much better team right now than a play-in tournament team. Nine and two in their last 11. LeBron James can never be counted out. And I actually think it is the worst scenario for either Memphis or Denver, whoever they get. I think you will see that as the first big upset of the NBA playoffs is the Lakers winning. Not just a play-in tournament, but a round. And in reality, that's probably going to be the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies will be upset by the Los Angeles Lakers. That's my bold prediction. This is LeBron James's somewhat last stand, if you will, possibly. But if you have a healthy Anthony Davis and a healthy LeBron James, I think that they can beat the Memphis Grizzlies. And the other play-in uh, 
games. You've got the Pelicans and Oklahoma City Thunder. I think if the Pelicans had Zion Williams, this would be a different conversation, but they don't. And I think Zion Williamson, unfortunately, may go down as the most overrated number one draft pick that unfortunately didn't pan out. I really do think that that's a possibility of happening, unfortunately. I think Oklahoma City, no one expected them to be where they are, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander deserves a lot of credit for that. They're a good young team, the youngest team in the NBA playoffs. There's no doubt about that, that they are here, and they are a really, really good team, and their future is bright. And I got to hand it to them, because I would always... It goes back a long way, but... For that younger generation that may not remember that that team used to have Russell Westbrook, Stephen Adams, I know I'm throwing him in there because he's from Pitt, I had to, Kevin Durant and James Harden. I mean, that was a legit dynasty team. They could have been what Golden State is. Maybe it could have been like the Lakers and Celtics back in the day where it was Golden State Warriors, Golden State Warriors. Although I guess, yeah, that wasn't the case in Warriors. Wouldn't have had one of those championships because they had Kevin Durant on it. But they gave up on making Golden State a dynasty by letting James Harden go and keeping Serge Ibaka. So actually, I don't think Stephen Adams was on that team. I think I'm way off. I got my years wrong. But they didn't. And it was really quite unfortunate the way they let them go. But to see Oklahoma City back in the play-in tournament now, uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. On the other side, we've got the Heat and the Hawks. Here's my thought on the Heat and Hawks. The Heat won three of the four games against the Hawks this season. And Atlanta's only win, Jimmy Butler didn't even really show up. I don't see the Heat losing this series. I mean, you think about what the Hawks went through this season. Trey Young basically getting a coach. Fire too, if you, I mean, realistically, that's what happened, right? I mean, Nate McMillan got into it. Nate McMillan's gone. Trey Young's in there. I just realistically think that the Miami Heat, they're battle-tested, playoff-tested, whatever kind of uh, superlative you want to use to describe Miami Heat, I think that they are the better team. And I think that they win this play-in tournament, and the Atlanta Hawks are have to go home again and think again about who they are and what they need to do differently. On the other side, we've got the Bulls and Raptors. I'm taking the Bulls in that series. 
I think that the Bulls are another team that's played well down the stretch. And Toronto may have a little bit more on their team on paper. But I think you can expect DeMar DeRozan to give it his all against his former team. DeMar DeRozan should still be on the Toronto Raptors. They gave him up. And I guess you could say, well, that's not the case because they got Kawhi Leonard. So you understand why. But I'm taking the Chicago Bulls over the Toronto Raptors in this play-in tournament. Now, I did, you know, I'm looking at the odds to win the NBA championship. The Bucs are the favorites. Celtics behind them. Phoenix Suns behind them. Golden State Warriors are fourth. There's been talk of, oh, could the 76ers possibly upset and get to the finals? I don't see it. But I do think that if the 76ers don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, that's not going to be a good look for them. It really isn't. But I was surprised for anybody that's into analytics, if you will, and you look at 538's predictions for who will win the NBA Finals. They have the Celtics at the top with a 21% chance. Bucks behind them at 19 and the Sixers behind them at 15%. I find that to be really something that I did not expect to see the 76ers up there. Then the Nuggets behind them at 13%. Then the Grizzlies at 11%. Warriors are down at 8%. And the big shocker to me is the Suns at 3%. I don't know if this could possibly be right. The Phoenix Suns are down at 3% based on what firepower that team has. I just can't believe it. I just simply can't believe it. Especially... Um, when, if nothing else, hey, just take the fact that you had, I mean, it's been an amazing season. LeBron James become the all-time scoring leader, although in my mind, he already was anyway. The points per game was the highest it's ever been in the NBA. Six players averaging 30 points per game. The number of 40-point games was a career high this year. And you've got two players on that team in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant that can fill it up. And then you've got Chris Paul as as the point god. I'm actually rooting for Phoenix to win it all just for the fact that You know, Chris Paul has been chasing a championship and the new owner in Phoenix basically was willing to give him that last chance by trading for Kevin Durant. He wants to win now, too. And let's see if they can do that. On the flip side, the Luka Kyrie Irving was a mistake. I don't see them... Coexisting, 
unfortunately, it's just not going to happen. And I think, I don't know if Luca really will ever be an NBA champion. Um, you know, maybe you could say he has something to learn from this season, how it went, possibly. But it's to me, it's just really, really, um, you could almost say overrated player in my mind. I really do think that he he's a great individual player, if you will, but there should always be more to a player than their individual statistics. And I think realistically, he's got a lot to learn about trying to be a leader. And he just simply does not have that right now. He just simply doesn't. And so it's probably the biggest disappointment of this season of a um, team's chances of making noise in the playoffs is the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks. In the other tournaments, um, or, or rounds, if you will, when you get to the playoffs. Phoenix Clippers, I'm taking the Phoenix Suns. Kings Warriors, I'm taking the Golden State Warriors. Ari said Lakers will beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I'm taking the Lakers to upset Memphis. I'm taking Denver to move on, mostly because they get either... I mean, they could potentially get Minnesota, but that's not going to happen. So between the Pelicans and the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think that the Denver Nuggets can beat either one of either one of those teams. But I will say keep an eye on Nikola Jokic, because I think when you think of Nikola Jokic, remember the last two playoffs, he lost his cool. He realistically was just not the same, unfortunately. And you may see that again this year. You may. Knicks, Cavs, that'll be a fun series. I have a hard time picking that one. Um, obviously, the Knicks tried to go after Donovan Mitchell. Didn't happen. Now he's in Cleveland. I'm actually going to try to catch a playoff game in Cleveland if I can. Um. The funny thing is, the last game that I went to, or the only game that I went to this season, was also Knicks-Cavs. Um, but I'm going with the Cavs. I think that, you know, Jalen Brunson has been arguably the best signing this year. At the beginning of the season, I know I said it was Christian Wood because I thought Dallas was going to do some things. But at the beginning of the season, I said Christian Wood. Now at the end of the season, I'm saying it was Jalen Brunson. What he did to turn around that series 
is has been nothing short of amazing what he's done to turn around that team. I said series, I meant team. But I'm picking Cleveland because mostly because I do think they have home court advantage. And Donovan Mitchell has um, been dominant in in some games. He's one of the only 70-point games this season, or only two of them. Luka had the other. But I think he will show out when they play in Madison Square Garden as well. Sixers-Nets. I'm worried about the Sixers. I'm worried about Doc Rivers. I'm happy for the Nets. I feel like the Nets have, especially if they win a series too, have one of the best stories ever. Um, even though he's not really playing well and or wasn't playing well and now is done for the season, right? Can you believe that we're saying that? But you really wanted Ben Simmons against the 76ers. And while you may not get that, what you are going to get is a now younger upstart team in the Nets who lost Kyrie Irving and lost Kevin Durant, but got Mikael Bridges, Dorian Finney-Smith, and they're winning. They're winning. Can you believe it? I certainly can't. Now, granted, the Sixers beat the Nets to end the season, but of course it was a game nobody really was talking about because they don't have Ben Simmons, so it wasn't really another rivalry game. But this is going to be a big one. For the Nets, they also they also got Spencer Dinwiddie, who's back with the Nets. They still have Nick Claxton, who's a really a, a decent uh, big. But I think you could see a young Nets team. I could see them upsetting the Sixers. Realistically, if I'm, I'm going to pick, pick the Sixers, but I would not be surprised if the Nets can do something. And Celtics, I feel like the team they probably don't want to see is the Heat. I think the Heat could also upset the Celtics, which I also find um, to be the most intriguing matchup on both the Eastern and Western Conference side is the Grizzlies-Lakers, and Celtics Heat. If it's Celtics Hawks, I'm like, okay, Celtics are going to win it. If it's Grizzlies Timberwolves, I'm like, okay, Timberwolves are going to win it. But it's something about the Lakers and Heat that just watch out for the seven seed this year. They are good and they're going to make noise. But I think the Lakers will make a little more noise than the Miami Heat. Lastly, MVP. It's Giannis. It's Giannis. He may not have a triple-double or a number of triple-doubles this season 
like Nikola Jokic has. But it's pretty darn close. And technically, Nikola Jokic, it's not like he averaged a triple-double. And I think that the MVP, it's okay that the MVP also has the best record in the NBA because we know Milwaukee would not be what Milwaukee is without Giannis. They have the best record in the NBA. He has been the best player on some nights. I mean, you want to talk about, oh, Joel Embiid didn't play at Denver. Well, Nikola Jokic didn't play at Milwaukee. So that's the way it is. And in my mind, I believe that Giannis is the best player, averaging over 30 points per game. All right, so he's got the numbers, points per game. And he's got their best record in the NBA. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the MVP. And by the way, before I forget how uh, Kyrie Irving talked about how, oh, the regular season is just tune-up. For any of these teams that are, are upset about where they are, their seeding, who they're playing against, realizing now they may get a first-round exit, then maybe if you treat the regular season a little bit more seriously, like it matters, and that it's not just a tune-up game. And I can sit out whenever, oh, I'm not going to play back-to-backs because I'm going to save myself for the playoffs. Sometimes you may not make the playoffs. If you won more game, maybe you'd have a better first-round matchup where there's a chance of you getting upset. You should be playing as close to 82 games as possible because every game can be the difference between making the playoffs or not. And you should be treating the regular season as such. And the fact that too many of these teams are not treating the regular season as every game matters. I think it hurts the league and it's hurt these teams. Major League Baseball, it's my observations after the first week of the season. Can Tampa Bay win it all? I mean, they're on a ridiculous hot streak, 10-0. They have more home runs and pitchers have allowed runs. They're, uh, They're outscoring their opponents by 58 runs. It's not their longest streak, winning streak ever. That's at 12, but certainly in the beginning of the season it is. 25 to 4 home run differential. They're 10 and 0. It's a great game last night versus the Boston Red Sox. It's they're fun to watch. They are fun to watch. I think for the most part as much as I was going into this thinking of uh going into this recording this podcast, so like, what are some of my observations? I feel like the rest of the league, the American League and National League, there's some things that are too early to tell. There are a lot of games that are, a lot of teams that are within that 500, 6-4, and 5-5 range, where I feel like, okay, we, we've got to let the dust settle a little bit. 
Astros at five and six, we know they're going to be there in the end. Angels five and five, let's hope that they can have a winning season or else they're going to lose Shohei Otani. Detroit Tigers, two and seven, they may be the biggest disappointment so far in this early season. If you can say that the Rays are the biggest surprise at 10 and 0. But once again, the AL East is going to be the toughest division in my mind. Blue Jays, Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles, they can all have winning seasons. And maybe the fact that this year, one thing that hasn't been talked about, the fact that they, Major League Baseball, this is the first season where they reduce the number of uh, in uh, division games. There may be a chance that all five teams from the AL East make the playoffs this year. There is a scenario where I think that that can happen if they dominate the other games and split their own series against each other. In the National League, you expect the Braves to be on top. It's not a surprise. Same for the Mets. Same for the Phillies. Let's see what happens with the Nats and, and Marlins. The Cardinals at 3-7 and seven may also be another surprising disappointment so far this season. The Diamondbacks at the top of the NL West is a bit of a surprise, but it's early. It's early. And I got to remember, it's also early for my fantasy team. Um, I'm 0-1, but it's early. I'll just keep saying that. It's early. The opposite of early is late. And in my mind, it's too late for the Baltimore Ravens to salvage whatever they can with Lamar Jackson. I do believe that the owners are colluding against Lamar Jackson. And frankly, I'm not quite sure why. And maybe this shouldn't play into it, but I think they're colluding one of, they're colluding because they don't, they're upset with Cleveland for giving that $230 million contract to Deshaun Watson. It just literally should not have happened based on what happened in Houston, it just simply should not have happened. And that's unfortunate that they did that because what is in my mind that I don't think is being talked about nearly enough is not only should he have not gotten that contract. But if you think a team is colluding, it's just simply, it's got to be addressed because Lamar Jackson is, especially with the number of quarterbacks that you see 
that are superstars that played well last season. Now, granted, I will say that Lamar Jackson, yes, two seasons in a row, he did not finish the end of the season. But he deserves a bigger contract. He deserves that money. And the fact that he's not able to get it is really sad. And okay, they tried their sign. I mean, you think about the criticism that Baltimore has never had a wide receiver for Lamar Jackson and imagine what he could do if he had a wide receiver. Okay, we can say that. I wouldn't say he's never had any wide receiver, but I would say that for them to sign Odell Beckham and, of course, Lamar Jackson, he liked it on social media. I mean, that's probably more because of the player than it is him necessarily being happy for the team. But in my mind, it's too late. It's simply too late. But the question will be, how long will it take before Lamar Jackson ends up in the Washington Commander's uniform? <laughs> Let's hope so. I'm going to end it with a shout out to Will Zalatoris, who turned down $130 million from the Live Golf Tour. And it's sad to see that now um, he has a back injury. And you never know what that means for his career. But could have got $130 million guaranteed. I wish him the best. But I don't think it's going to happen for him. He may never be the same again with a back injury. And certainly he's not going to be Scotty Scheffler or anybody else. But that's got to hurt. That's got to hurt. That'll do it for Just for Sport. Enjoy the NBA playoffs. I know I will. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport and prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the prize picks app today. 